Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Hey, let's welcome our online campus, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. And how about a great big welcome to our East Campus. Come on, give it up for our East Campus. God bless you guys. Awesome. You may be seated. You may be seated. And you saw the video there for First Wednesday. Don't miss that. We're going to have a great time beforehand, a great time afterwards, and a great time during too, okay? And so I hope you caught what we're doing there. We're going to worship together. We're going to give together. And then the ladies are going to stay here in the sanctuary with Alicia and all the guys. We're going to go over to the gym and uh, she's going to talk straight up with the ladies. I'm going to talk straight up with the guys. And then we're going to go eat snow cones and stuff in the, in the parking lot, okay? Because a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. You got that. So got to put, put party on both ends of it, okay? But I'm telling you what, it's going to be a great, great night. So make sure that you're here uh, this coming Wednesday night. Great night to bring some folks with you as well. So we'll, we will see you there. Well, the series, What the World Needs Now, I'm kind of flipping that a little bit. It's what does the world need now? What does the world need now? And um, let me give you the bottom line answer, okay? Here's what everybody needs. Everybody needs. They need a relationship, a personal relationship with a loving Heavenly Father. You can only get that through Jesus. So let's go to John chapter 3, verse 16. Verse 16, 17. One of the most well-known passages in Scripture. But here's the danger, folks. Y'all with me? Here's the danger. You see something, you read something, you hear something so often, it doesn't have the impact that it should. And we always want to make sure that we handle holy things in a proper way, okay? So I want you to read this hear this today like it's fresh and new to you and get the import out of it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Look in verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. I'm glad that's in the Bible. I'm glad that's the reality. Jesus came, get this, Jesus came to save, not to condemn. He came to save, not to condemn. You read further in this passage, and you'll see that it's not him condemning anyway. It's if you don't believe, then you're already condemned. Now, let me take just an extra second in this service. I've, asked, I've had people ask me before, how can a loving God condemn people? He doesn't. He doesn't. Read this in in the Bible there, and you'll see. It's like this. Let me explain it. It's like there's a flood, and Jesus comes in a lifeboat as Savior to save people. And if you believe him, if you take his hand, so to speak, you know, then you are saved. If you don't take his hand, so to speak, you were condemned already. And that's what the Scripture says. You're condemned already. So he's reaching out, and we want to make sure that people can see that God loves them, that Jesus came not to condemn. Jesus came to save. Are you with me so far? He could have come as a judge. He could have come as a lawgiver. He could have come as executioner, but he came as Savior. And we needed a Savior because, you know what, we're lost, afraid, 
We're a mess. Amen. We need a Savior. And I'm thankful that he came as Savior. Think about this with me. The only real difference between a believer and an unbeliever is a revelation of the love of God. The difference between a believer and an unbeliever is a revelation of the love of God. That you saw that God loves you. And we're wired this way. We've talked about this earlier in this series. Once you know that and can see that God loves me, what is our response to that? We love him. 1 John 4 says what? We love him because what? Because he first loved us. So you're wired to respond that way. So here's, here's the issue is that people can clearly see that God loves them. And once they can clearly see that demonstrated through what he did through Jesus Christ. So once we can clearly see that, then we love him. And, that, and by that, we enter into relationship with him, which is what the world needs now. It's a relationship with God. Are you following me so far? Say amen. Look with me in John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word, who's the word? Jesus. Jesus. Okay. For the rest of you, it's Jesus. So let's try it again. In the Word, who's that? Jesus. Jesus. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Come on, help me out here. Full of grace and truth. Last line again. Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Now, you'll remember from the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Mark, we we find several times where Jesus Uh, fed a multitude with a little boy's lunch. That's a miracle, y'all. For the rest of y'all, that's a miracle, y'all. Okay. (laughs) And so um, when he did this, it's notable each time that he had his disciples go and gather. Not only did everybody get fed, but guess what they had? Leftovers. And he sent his disciples out and they came back with baskets And the baskets were full. They were full. It's the same New Testament Greek word for here, full. But it gives us a a picture. Imagine a basket that is full. It is brimming over. You have to be careful how you carry it because it is so full. Jesus came full of grace and truth. Amen. So here's my uh, huge point that I want to make here. How Jesus entered a pre-Christian world. You do realize that. I mean, obviously, when Jesus came, God so loved, sent his son Jesus. When Jesus came, he was entering a pre-Christian world. Religious world, but pre-Christian, okay? How did Jesus enter a pre-Christian world? He did it full of grace and truth. So in the same way that Jesus entered and interacted with a pre-Christian world is the same way that you and I are to interact in a post-Christian world. Y'all hear me? I know it pains us all to realize we're in a culture that is post-Christian, but that is the reality. We don't lose heart, though, because the same way Jesus entered and interacted, full of grace and truth, is the same way that he wants us to interact with the culture around us. It would be full of grace and full of truth. Amen. So what does the world need now? Let's just put it this way for today. The world needs grace and truth. 
grace, and truth. This is not the end to itself. This is, the, this is what it's going to take to ultimately connect people back to a relationship with a loving Heavenly Father. So let me kind of build that out uh, for us here today. As we do this, I want us to keep a couple of big ideas in mind, okay? I don't have time to go through all of these. We've taught on these over, over a, a lot of different series. But let me put three things in front of you to bear in mind as we look at this today. The first one would be this, the authority of Scripture. The authority of Scripture, huge. Second would be this, the complexity of issues. Complexity of issues. How many of you know we have some complex issues? We're living in some crazy days. Okay, for the rest of you, there are some complex issues, and we're living in some crazy days. Third thing would be this, the value of people, the value of people. In the Imago Dei, this is Latin here, and it means the image of God, the image of God. You realize this? Every person you know, every person is created in the likeness and image of God. Every person. Now, that image may be damaged. That, Im- that image may be distorted. That image may be broken. But the mere fact that people are created in the likeness and the image of God gives this potential that they are redeemable. They are redeemable. So I don't know who you know, what they're like, how they're acting, how confused they might even be about their own life, how discouraged they might be about their own life, how broken, how they may even deny God. But the reality is they bear the marks. They're made in the likeness and the image of God. So what we must do as the people of God that have been redeemed, that have accepted that, we must continue in the value of people, understanding we're in complex issues, basing everything then upon the authority of Scripture. If you think you even got part of that or you just want to look smart, say amen with me. All right, good deal. Now, church, everybody say church. We have church, what I'm going to call big C, and we have church, what I want to call little C. So church big C is the church throughout the entire world, big C. And then once a week or so, church big C breaks up and goes into buildings all over the place. That's little C. So when you come to Meadowbrook, that's little C. We have friends and family across the street here. We love them. They love us. Uh, the Berean church, little c. Churches all over this town, all over this country, all over this world meeting today. When we, when we break off in those little places, that's church little c. And they get this. And as soon as you go out those doors and go outside, it's capital C. It's big C again, okay? So we don't be confused and think, I went to church. Okay, you went to church. Now go be the church, Okay. Because the word for church is we're actually the called out ones. So what do we do when we come in here? This is just a barn, y'all. This used to be the Meadowbrook Farm. Did y'all know that? This wasn't the original barn. We built this, but that's what this is. It's a barn so you can come in as equipment, so to speak, for the harvest and get adjusted. Get your plow cleaned. Get you straightened up, adjusted, lubed up, fired up, fueled up, and go back out there into the harvest. I'm preaching way better than y'all are, amen. All right, okay. Too late, it's too late. So we come in here, little C, so we can go out there and be big C. 
But we need to know this. There's some categories that church, big C or little c, falls into. And as we look at this and how we can help people have a relationship with the Heavenly Father, let's break this down a little bit. It's going to get a little close to you here, but let's go ahead and start here. First of all, first category is called separatist. Separatist. The second would be cultural. Cultural. The third would be ambassadors. Ambassadors. So, separatists, this is church, either big C or little c. This is church against culture. Against culture. Cultural or blenders, this is church of culture. They hardly differ from the culture they're in. And ambassadors are in culture and for culture. Okay? The separatists offer unbending disapproval. Got a verse for everything. (laughs) Unbending disapproval. Cultural offers uncritical approval. Ambassadors offer love, concern, try to show a better way. Separatist offers condemnation. Cultural offers permission. Bookmark it right here. Separatists offer condemnation. Give condemnation. Look at me. The Bible tells us clearly, authority of Scripture, who are you to condemn? Who are we to judge? So let me just put it this way. That's beyond. To give condemnation, that's beyond our pay grade. Okay, then cultural, giving permission. Bookmark it right there. Who are we, who are anybody, to give permission to culture to say something's okay that God hasn't given permission and said it's okay? So you can't do that. That's above, way above our pay grade. Ambassadors, we offer hope. Hope. So this, separatists, that's truth. Remember, we're talking about grace and truth. They give truth. They operate in truth. Cultural, grace. Ambassadors, grace and truth. Which one do we want to be? Good, you got it on the first try. Separatists, we know what's wrong with everybody. And we'll tell them if they give us half a chance. And if we're not brave enough to tell them, we'll tell our three religious friends. You know what's wrong with them and everybody else? I know, and I have verses for it. They tend to not have any fun. Cultural, well, bless their hearts. I don't have a verse, but God loves them. Whatever it would be. And ambassadors, grace and truth. Grace and truth. Are you with me? Look at 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20. 2 Corinthians 5. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Watch this, watch this. God is making his appeal through us. Now get this. What does the world need now? They need a relationship with a loving heavenly father. Through Jesus, God so loved them, he sent his son. His son came full of grace and full of truth. 
Thank God in his grace. Thank God in his mercy. You and I that are believers, we saw that. Somebody shared that with us. Oh, you mean God loves me? I told you when I got born again, somebody shared a a little yellow uh, book with me. It's called, Have You Heard of the Four Spiritual Laws? And the first law was this. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And I saw that, and there was scripture, and the pastor talked to me, and I I believed it, that God loved me. And what happens when you see that God loves you? Well, then I love God. I love God. So watch this now. Now that we've received, where is Jesus? He's on a speaking tour right now. He's in the Midwest, right? (laughs) No, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He said, I'm going away. I'm the light of the world, but now you, you go be the light of the world. Now, don't go anywhere yet because I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to give you power. You can't do this without power. You can't do this on your own. So I'm going to go, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and and the Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for us. He's praying for us. He's praying for us. He's cheering us on. And he sent the Holy Spirit to be in us to help us because now God is making his appeal through us. We are ambassadors in this, in this world today to what? To what? To help them see that God loves them. To help people see that God loves them. Amen. You still there? So we have grace and truth. It's the divine combo. It's almost chemical. We have so many things in our life, even on your kitchen table, that are chemical. There are elements that have been put together that when those elements are apart, they might be inert, they might be toxic, put them together, and it makes something useful and desirable. Many, many things in that way. Well, guess what? I think grace and truth have to be combined. They have to be combined. You're always in trouble with grace if you don't combine it with something. Look in Scripture. You never find grace just by itself. It's always combined with something. People who take a grace teaching and that's all they teach, not combined, they're going to end up out of balance. Take people with a truth teaching and not combine it properly, you're going to end up out of balance. So you have to put these together. You have to put these together. Grace and truth. Come on, say it. Grace and truth. So it's that combo. We get in trouble. We're going to have something not powerful, grace by itself, or we're going to have something toxic, truth by itself, if we don't combine the two, grace and truth. Come on, say it again. Grace and truth. Listen to this. Truth is just as mean as grace is nice. Truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. Truth alone sweeps away bad things, and it also sweeps away people who do bad things. Grace alone leaves you, loves you rather, no matter what, but gives you no boundaries, and it leaves you the same. You know this from the law of physics. Nothing stays the same. If you leave something the same, it doesn't get better. It erodes, deteriorates. Everything does that. You put an instrument, a musical instrument, back in its case and don't open it up, it's going to fall apart. Park that bicycle and quit, quit riding, it's going, to, it's going to start to break down. Lock up that house and leave it and don't take care of it. It's going to start. But if you lived in it every day, if you wrote it every day, if you played it every day, you know, it stays, stays alive. Are you following me? Yeah. So grace alone loves you no matter what, but brings no change, just leaves you the same. 
So what we have to have is both and. Come on, everybody say both and. You have to have both and, not either or. Can I tell you what's going on so much in our culture, so much in our politics, so much, is we're living in an either or world. And people don't think critically. They don't, they don't, they, well, my team's this, so we're, we're against everything over there. My party is over here, so we're against anything you would say. So we live in this either or world that keeps us very much apart when in fact we should be living in a both and world. You have something, I have something. Let's see, and, and there's, there's so much healthy ground in between that's not even being touched because we're so polarized in so many, so many ways. Y'all with me? I know it's hard. I see it on your face. So most of us tend to be one or the other. Either a truther or a gracer. How many of y'all would admit today, I'm probably a truther? Come on. Okay. You know what's wrong with everybody, don't you? And you have a verse. Now nobody's going to raise their hand that I'm a truther. How many of you tend to be a gracer? Oh, bless their heart. Okay. You know what I am? I'm one one day, and then later that day, I'm, it kind of, I go circumstantially. Well, they should know better. I tell you what. It's like, well, bless their heart. It, so whatever you answered, however you answered, ah, more of a truth or more of a grace or whatever it be, you know what that reveals? It reveals an area of your life where you need to become more like Jesus. Because Jesus was full of grace and truth. In John chapter 1, verse 16 through 18, we see that the law came through Moses, truth, but then grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. At the end of verse 18, it says this, and he, Jesus, has declared the Father to us. In the New Testament Greek, it's very rich right there, and it really is saying this, that he has made clearly, he has shown clearly, he has made where we can clearly see the Father. What is it about Jesus that helped us to clearly see the Father? Remember this? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen, you've seen the Father. What was it? I'm going to appeal to you that it's this. He's full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. And that helps us to see the Father. So stay with me. Are you with me? Okay. What does the world need now? They need a relationship with a loving Heavenly Father. There's no way to get there. We have sin. He so loved us then that he sent Jesus as a Savior to build a bridge. Jesus came how? Somebody get that for me. (laughs) Jesus came how? Full of grace and truth. And as he came full of grace and truth, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, and he's the one who showed us clearly the Father. Okay? Now, I just found this out. It's pretty interesting, though. That in developing film, and how many of you are glad we're in a digital age now? Okay. First present of substance I ever bought my wife years and years ago was a camera. They were not digital back then. So you had to buy film. How many of you don't know what film is? Okay. You had to buy film, take your pictures, and then what did you have to do? You had to get it developed and then pay to print. Now, digital, it's easy, and y'all take so many pictures, you're never even going to look at them all. 
and a lot of them are of you. <laughs> Ain't it so? But it's almost like this. Now follow this. We need a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Jesus came full of grace and truth, and it helped us to see the Father. It's like Jesus full of grace and truth. It's like it developed the picture so we could see. And this is what I found out. It's so interesting. There's two solutions that you put the film in. And the first one is called the developer, grace. And the second one is called the fixer, truth. And so you put film, life, under grace, the developer, and truth, the fixer. And then you can clearly see the Father. In John chapter 8, we find a beautiful picture of this where Jesus is speaking to some people and all of a sudden the Pharisees, some religious men came through this woman in front of Jesus and said this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. The law of Moses, truth, says she should be stoned. What do you say? And they really weren't concerned so much about this woman, right or wrong. They were more concerned about trapping and tricking Jesus. No chance. And Jesus says, you know what? You guys are right. The law says that. So, fellas, today, here's how we're going to do it. Whoever has no sin, you get to throw the first rock. So they all kind of froze for a moment and says that they just got quiet. Jesus knelt down and began to, with his finger, just write in the sand. Scripture doesn't say what he wrote. I think I know what he wrote. He wrote, where's the dude? <laughs> just a thought. It says that they one by one left. The only one left was Jesus and the woman who committed adultery. He said, look around. Where are your accusers? And she said, there are none. And he said this, neither do I condemn you. Guess what? He was the only one that rightfully could stand there. Be, and he's the only rightful one who could have thrown a stone under the law. So he's the only one without sin. And he said this, where are your accusers? She goes, they aren't here. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Grace. And then I think he leaned into her and he said, Sweetheart, you can't do this anymore. Truth. You've got to stop. This is killing you. It's bringing shame to you. This is breaking things. Don't, don't do this anymore. Go and sin no more. I forgive you. I don't condemn you. Grace. Now go and sin no more. If he'd stuck with truth, guess what? She dies today right here. If he goes with just grace... Oh, sweetie, I don't know what's going on in your life, but you, you go on. You go on. He gives her nothing to have traction. He gives her nothing to really have. But she remains the same, and as we already established, you don't remain the same. Nothing is static. Everything is dynamic. Everything is changing, either up or down. And, and without help, she goes down. You must have grace and truth. And Jesus modeled for us a beautiful picture of grace and truth. Here's the point. You ready for this? You connect before you correct you connect before you correct. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. It's grace 
and truth that brings us back to life. Are you with me? So quickly, quickly, what does the world need now for our purposes today? Grace and truth. So what does grace and truth look like as you and I interact with the culture around us? Because God is making, y'all hearing me? God is making his appeal through us. We are ambassadors to the world. You're going to leave here in just a couple of minutes and you're going to go from little C to big C. You're going to go be the church in a lost and dying world that needs Jesus. And that's why I am not okay to see a single empty chair because I'm running past so many. I don't care about numbers. I care about souls. I care about people that need Jesus. They're lost, they're hurting, they're a mess. They, the, the whole world is trying to tell them there is no God. God doesn't care. This is all fake. That's a farce. You're on your own. This Do this and it'll be better. And it's hopeless and it's helpless. And it's driving people crazy and driving people in the wrong directions. People need the Lord. Amen. They need the Lord. And there's a massive disconnect, a massive disconnect Because a lot of folks are going to leave church today and nothing changes. And I want us to go from little C church and you crack those doors and we go out. We are big C church and you don't have to be loud and proud and you don't have to, you don't have to be weird. You only have to be yourself, but you have to be yourself full of grace and truth. So quickly, what does it look like? What is involved in you and I? Living this life, interacting with people full of grace and truth. Four things real quick. Here's the first one. Become more self-aware. Become more self-aware. Come on, say it with me. Become more self-aware. The way we represent God matters. It truly matters. You can't go into a restaurant in a few minutes and be grumpy and bossy and cheap. Not, not, Not if you're full of grace and truth. Years ago, they used to do this too. Restaurants would give you a discount if you brought your church bulletin. One of the reasons we do not do a church bulletin, because I don't want some of y'all that haven't got this yet, to go be bossy and rude and impatient and cheap and say, Meadowbrook Church, could I get my discount? Okay. I didn't tell the other services that. Because it's lunchtime, y'all. The way we represent God matters. It's going to show up in our character. It's going to show up in our attitude. It's going to show up in our demeanor. And our demeanor is virtually as important as our doctrine. Next is this. Do things that make people look favorably in God's direction. First one, don't be weird. Look with me in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. St. Francis of Assisi said this, preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. Walk the talk. Walk the talk. Next is this, hold your convictions and be gracious. I, I believe it's this, stand firm, love well. Hold your convictions, be gracious. Stand firm and love well. Grace and truth. Look in Colossians chapter 4. We're almost done. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. 
Stand firm. Live well. And the last one is this. Live the letters. Live the letters. What letters, pastor? What letters? The letters of the New Testament, the epistles, the books from Romans all the way through the end of the New Testament are epistles or letters written to show us and to tell us how to live this New Testament Christian life. And we get very simple and clear instructions there. I just dipped into just 1 Thessalonians, which is only five short chapters. I dipped in, and let me just give you how to live the letters from 1 Corinthians. Here we go. Grow in faith. Live pure. Treat people right. Work on your issues. Tell your neighbor real quick, not in a creepy way, but tell them, I have issues. Go ahead and tell them. Okay, okay, okay. I wish some people clutch their purse a little closer. Just so. Here, let's keep going. Walk properly toward those who see things differently. Mind your own business. Or as it says in the Greek, mind your own beeswax. Work hard. Come on, work hard. Don't you be the slacker on the job. Live a quiet life. Love God. Love people. Do everything with excellence and have a good attitude. Live the letters. Live the letters. There's a whole world lost and dying. They need to see a loving Heavenly Father. We're His ambassadors. God's wanting to make his appeal through me, through you. Not just from a platform. This is little C. But through you. Going out there being big C. Wherever you are, full of grace and truth. I gave you a couple clues of how to do that. Problem is, a lot of times we're either a truther or a gracer. And we need to be both. And we put that together. It's like this beautiful, almost chemical reaction. That is, there's grace and truth working in my life. It's like the developer and the fixer, and you lay life, you lay the film in there, and a picture emerges. And it's a loving Heavenly Father. And if the world around us could see this loving Heavenly Father, I think they're going to love Him too. What does the world need now? They need a relationship with that loving Heavenly Father. And we have a part to play in that whole process. You get anything at all out of this today? All right. Good, good, good. Let's do this real quick. Every head bowed real quick, every eye closed. Please, nobody leave yet. Just stay with me just this last minute. Hey, listen, if you're here today, I've given you the gospel. I've given you the good news today. I've been talking to church people, but I've given you the good news today. And if you have never opened your heart and received Jesus, accepted what he has done to build that bridge for you back to that loving Heavenly Father, you've never received him, I want you to use this prayer. We're going to pray a simple prayer in just a moment. Pray that prayer. Mean it out of your heart and begin that relationship with your heavenly father. Others of you have a relationship with God and you'd say, you know, it's not where it needs to be right now. Use the same prayer to just settle that again with your loving heavenly father. And if you're here today and all is well and, and you're walking in the blessing and the joy of God, God bless you, continue to shine. But pray this prayer with us and pray it strong and, and believe with us for everybody else in this place. Everybody pray this prayer with me right now. Father God, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Jesus who loves me gave himself for me. Lord, I love you. 
I give myself to you. I ask you right now, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Savior and be my Lord. And by the blood of Jesus, shed for me, forgive me right now of every sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me brand new. Set me free. Now fill me with your peace, with your joy, with the Holy Spirit, and with the assurance you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord for that right now. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Well, we've had a wonderful morning. Pastor Nick's going to come real quick, share a couple very important things with you before you leave. So if I could have everybody just wait just a second, he'll take care of that. It's been a wonderful day. Thank you for coming. I love you so much. Have a great day. Pastor Nick. Hey, can we celebrate those people that made the decision to follow Christ one more time? Come on, let's give it up for them. So proud of you. So proud of you. That is the best decision you could ever make in your life. And if that was you, please take the green card in the seat back pocket right in front of you. Fill it out. And then as you leave, drop it off with one of our ushers or take it to our guest services area. I want you to know we're not going to do anything weird with that information. We're not going to come by your house, not do anything like that. All we're going to do is send you some information on how you can take your next steps on your journey with Jesus because you're in the family of God and family helps family. So proud of you. And if it is your first time today, I want to draw your attention to the seat back pocket in front of you as well. Take the blue card, fill that out. And as you exit today, take it to one of our VIP areas at our, uh, at our VIP area. You'll meet some uh, very friendly people that can answer any question you have about Meadowbrook Church and what we have to offer you and your family. And in exchange for that blue card, someone at that VIP area is going to give you a coupon for a free drink, any drink you want, in our cafe. So make sure to ask for extra whipped cream and chocolate syrup because it's on the house. Uh, And also, yeah, chocolate syrup is awesome. And also, um, if if you have prayer needs, if something's going on in your life, don't leave without getting prayed for. We got, we're we're going to have a prayer team up front. Uh, we'd love to serve you in that way. And also, uh, Pastor Tim preached an incredible message. There's a lot there. So don't do life alone. Don't just take this knowledge and, and not do anything with it. Get in a small group, a message-based small group to really take this content, learn more, because we are better together. Well, it's been a great morning. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.